context um, one. Why, why John said honey there? Because we were praying downstairs and John said, um, he said, I've, I found out recently that honey has a shelf life of 3,000 years. And I thought, well, does that mean I'm going to be an old man preaching at 3,000 years or, or does it mean the word's going to, you know, have a good long shelf life? I, maybe it's a bit of both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's another option. Didn't think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it won't last 3,000 years this morning, don't worry. Okay, uh, I'm sort of, I know what I've got to say. Uh, it's just, I don't quite know how to say it. <laughs> because uh, I'm just very conscious this morning, Spirit of God's just so precious and uh, doing such great things. And I love those testimonies. Uh, that's life to me. That, that's, that's what, ooh, that was clever. That's what, um, that's what living in Jesus is about. I guess I'm going to call this part two of what I started two weeks ago uh, because there was a gap, so I jumped in to fill it because I wanted to finish off, really, um, what I started a couple of weeks ago. So I thought, well, let's, let's just put up one slide as a recap, okay, because it's just sort of, this is the context. So <clears throat> if you remember, I was talking about what is Father like, or what isn't he like, actually. And, and uh, th- this was, this was the, the slide that was just trying to summarize a tiny wee bit of what is God's nature, what is his heart towards us. And we've got these points. He's, he always speaks about the way he sees us in his son Jesus. He always speaks about that. He refutes lies that we believe about ourselves and others that have been planted in our hearts, as Barbara was saying this morning, perhaps 50 years ago. He refutes those lies. However they've come, it could be misunderstanding, it could be malicious gossip, it could be slander, it can be... It can be words spoken, you know, in a uh, in a in a context of um, ha- seemingly having fun, but actually it really sows something in our heart that hurts us deeply. There's, there's innumerable ways that these things happen, and I guess we all experience them. But but Jesus would always say, "But that's now not how I see you. It's not how I see you." He builds us up before, during, and after such ungodly lies are being broken down, are being torn down. Because, I mean, that's you've heard Sozo mentioned a few times this morning. Essentially, that Sozo is a means that uh, it's a tool, really, to enable God just to tear down lies and things that have been built up in our lives over the years, and give God an, a, a, a dedicated time of opportunity in your life to say. This is how I see you. And this is what I have for you. And it, it brings a great freedom. Father always loves without malice or evil towards us. Always longing for the best for us. Always longing. That's what the testimonies have been this morning. He, he's longing for the best for us. 
Uh, it was just while we were, while we were singing that song, um, You're Beautiful. And I just, I just sensed that God was saying to us, You're beautiful. All of us. You're beautiful. Because I've known people, and, and I've included myself here in a measure, who, who don't feel beautiful. I don't just mean physically. I, I mean in their, in their heart, in their inner beings. You don't feel beautiful. But, I, but God wants to say this morning, You're beautiful. You see, that's how he sees you. So we're, we're, trapped, we're trapping ourselves in this lie that God doesn't see me that way and I therefore can't see myself that way. And finally, forgiving no matter what was in our heart, what was our purpose. That's, that's our God. He forgives no matter what. Because the the blood which we shared this, which we celebrated this morning the, the, the spilt blood and the broken body of Jesus dealt with everything it's a clean slate it's gone it's completely gone and it's interesting that Paul I think it's Paul said in one of his letters about be being saved you know if you look at the tense of what Paul was saying it's not I was saved, it is we, he is being saved. We're constantly being saved. I'm being saved today, I needed to be saved yesterday. It's not just a, you know, a, a, a once in a lifetime experience, it's a constant experience. And it's an amazing experience. That's why uh, testimony is so helpful and so powerful. And I, I love the way you brought it out this morning, John. Um, the meaning, you know, do it again. Do it again. Because, and I know some, some uh, people really pick up on this, um, when there's a testimony, if you're able to say, God, do it again in my life, then really you don't need somebody to pray for you because, you know, you've done it here, you've done it with, we've done it with Barbara, do it for me. I, I, I want that, Lord. I see this in my life, please do it for me. Testimony has great power in releasing the spirit and the power and authority of God. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. So Jesus sees us as he longs us, longs for us to be. He doesn't ignore the fact of where we are, but he, he longs for us to be as he intended us to be. You know, uh, I, was, I was reminded recently of... Uh, of the a passage in, in Genesis. I just I just want to bring a context first. I don't know how you are, but I I I've learned when I'm at my weakest and most vulnerable and need to work on that to make sure that I stay strong in those times. Because it's at those times that you're, I'm most likely to be um, attacked, condemned, um, feel insignificant, all those sort of things. Because as, as, as John was, well, it wasn't John, sorry, it was, forgotten who it was. Uh, it was, it was, um, it was you, yeah, that's right. It, it was Bob. It was talking, sorry, I'm jumping all over the place. It was Bob, it was Bob. It, it was, you know, let's, let's, Let's make the devil pay back for what he's stolen. So when I'm when I know that I'm weak, 
I need to make sure I'm strong and ask God for grace in those times that I do not fall back into a, a way of thinking or, a, or, or something that has been a lie in my life that doesn't just come back because you can bet your bottom dollar if you haven't got that victory in it that's where you'll be attacked and that's where we need one another as well when you, I, can, I can just say please pray for me right now things are tough sometimes a text is great <laughs> please just pray for me you know it's, it's important that we share one another's burdens and I was, I was um, seeing the context of, of Adam and Eve in the garden. Now, if you th- this was where I was really. I was thinking they had it all. They had everything. I mean, it was probably a picture of heaven on earth. Probably, that's the way I view it. They had everything. You know, everything in the garden was rosy, as you might say. And yet... They listened to a lie. And they listened to Satan coming along and saying, well, you know, did, did God say, because Satan's always very clever, he, you know. He doesn't have any power, but he's quite clever. And uh, he, uh, that's the trick, you see. Did God say? And of course, then you're in this quandary of, well, um, well, did he or didn't he? And of course, for, for, for Adam and Eve, it was, well, We'll try and find out. And of course then the whole, the whole thing breaks down. They, they, they heard a lie, they received the lie, they believed it, they received it. And then they forgot who they, who, they forgot who they were. This is what it says in Genesis chapter 3. And they, this is Genesis 3 verse 8. And they, they being Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Uh, I've, in our family, in the, the sort of Nicholson, immediate Nicholson clan, if you like, we, we were talking a few weeks or months ago um, with, with some of the, myself and some of the, the children and uh, just reminiscing of the times we used to have when they were young and we used to have games together and one of the games which you all play we all played was hide and seek you know <laughs> I love it the way that particularly young children hide in such a way that they actually can be found you know there's a, a bit of a foot sticking out from under the bed or you know or, or, or something it's like it's like you want to hide but you don't want to hide you, want to, you don't want to hide because you want to be found. And, uh, and, and we were just laughing again. At, because who has the most fun? Is it the child who suddenly you know, laughs and has it, gives it all away because they can't contain it any longer? So they're under the bed or behind the chair and they're giggling and there's a leg or an arm sticking out. Or, you know. or is, it, is it the mom or the dad who's, who's, who's just having so much fun because their child's happy and they're, they're in, in great time together and, and it's just a ball of fun. And I thought, uh, you know, Adam and Eve had it all. They had, a, they had a whale of a time. And yet because they believed this lie, and it, it changed their perspective on who they were, 
in God. When God turns up, they just want to hide. (laughs) And I thought, am I like that? How many of us can be like that? When God turns up, we actually want to hide because we don't feel worthy or we, feel, we don't feel beautiful or, or whatever it might be. We want to run away. And that is, I think that breaks God's heart because he loves to have fellowship with us. He loves to be present with us. And if we run away, I just think it breaks his heart. You know, if you look at a picture of, in my case, of, of, of a dad with his son or with his daughters, and, and you having this, this, this game, you know, if, if, there, wasn't, if there wasn't that, that aspect of relationship and, and the kids just wanted to run away from me, how would I feel, you know? Why, why would God feel any differently? God the Father, when he comes to fellowship with us, he loves to talk to us. He loves to spend time with us. And we just need to, we need to be in a place where we're, we're able to enjoy it with him. I was, I was driving around Oxford recently. I won't be very long, don't worry. It won't be 3,000 years. I was driving around Oxford a few weeks ago and I saw one of these cars. It wasn't that one, but it was, I had to find one on the internet. Cause, uh, who knows what it is? It's a, what's the model now, Toledo. Oh, it was a, yeah, it's a few. Was it a Dolomite? I thought it was a Toledo, but there we are. All these old blokes, you know, talking about them. <laughs> well, what I'm going to say is when I was, when I, when I was a lad, um, when I was in, I don't know how old I was when these were around, but I can remember I had a clapped out, we, we had a, I mean, it was, a, it was great for us, but it was, I think it probably cost me 50 pounds. It was, it was a car that I used to say it kept going on our diet and prayer, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was held together with some novel air conditioning. <laughs> and uh, I used to look at these, these cars and think, what a great car to have. What a fantastic car, because it was in those days. And I, I drove past this, whatever it was, chugging along down the A34, and I thought, but it looks so out of place. It looks old, old-fashioned, you know, the, the tyres were, were thin, you know, and all this sort of thing. And I thought, and, and it's just like God said to me, be careful that you don't view yourself that way or you don't view others that way and I need to try and clarify what I mean by that you see I'm not the person who I used to be because I'm becoming what Jesus intends me to be and if I start thinking I'm a Dolomite or a Toledo (laughs) I'm going back to a position where I was and I can't I uh, it's not my uh place let's use that word it's not my place to see any of you in that way either because as a pro- i think i said this last time as a prophetic people as a prophetic person i need to see you as what jesus is making you Amen. and all of a sudden that all completely alters the way in which i view the body of christ 
because the body of Christ in years to come will be presented to Jesus perfect and spotless <laughs> now if I don't see you as on that process of being perfect and spotless I'm failing to see what God is doing and if you call me a triumph to lay I'll get the message okay <laughs> I think it was in the 70s but I'm not entirely sure <laughs> okay I'm a citizen of heaven it says in Philippians 3 verse 22 Paul talks about being citizens of heaven it's a perspective you see the perspective is where is our where is our hope where is our life being drawn from and I'm a citizen of heaven if I'm outside the U I'm a citizen of the UK I have a British passport if I, as I do sometimes, travel outside the UK and I'm in trouble for whatever reason or whatever the situation may be, I can go to an embassy or a consulate as a British citizen and expect the same rights and privileges in that embassy in a foreign country as I would have in the UK. Now, if I'm a citizen of heaven, that therefore is also true that no matter where I am, no matter what the situation, that's why, uh, you know, uh, Psalm 139, I think it is, where David said, you know, wherever I am, whether I'm, you know, far, to the far as the east is from the west, or in the, you know, in, a, in the pit, so to speak, God is always with me. Because my citizenship is in heaven. Therefore, wherever I am, the rights... Well, actually, I don't like to use that word, but, you know, let me, let me give you the words and then you'll, I'll try and qualify. The rights and privileges of heaven are, are for me all the time. I don't like the, the word rights because I, 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 it, it implies that we have automatic rights. That I prefer to use the word privileges as a citizen and protection if you think of what you are as a UK citizen or whatever your nationality you have those it's similar it's very similar to being a citizen of heaven wow I'm a citizen of heaven huh. that's the place where God's enthroned it's the place where God the Father's enthroned and at his right hand sits Jesus enthroned King Jesus that's why Paul could say I'm a joint heir with Jesus He's a citizen. I'm a citizen of heaven. Think about that. It's extraordinary. I'm a citizen of heaven. So when I get my passport out, or you know, think about, I'm a citizen of heaven. <laughs> it changes the way we think about ourselves and about what is our mission. The mission is to bring heaven on earth, as far as we're able. See, our significance comes from who we are, not from what we do. Who we are is, is important. But if we can grab hold of who we, 
sorry, who we, what we do is important. If we can grab hold of who we are, what we do becomes so much more significant, carries a greater authority, and, and because we're a citizen of heaven. What we do suddenly carries the weight of citizenship. I'm intrigued when, when in two events in Jesus' life, one was where he, when he was baptized, and the second was when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration. And I'm intrigued because if, you put, if I put myself in that situation, I mean, I know, get the idea here, I'm, I'm not saying I'm Jesus, you know, please... <laughs> But put yourself in that situation, and you with—I don't know how many people, you know—at the River Jordan because John was baptizing all day. But Jesus comes up, and he's baptized, and out of heaven God speaks and says, "This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased." <laughs> I think God feel pretty good. <laughs> I mean, talk about speaking positive words over you. How did that make Jesus feel? I bet he felt significant. <laughs> and the second time on the Mount of Transfiguration, Transfiguration, when he was transfigured in all his glory, and Peter and James and John sort of had to fit the heebie jeebies, um, which you probably would, what would you do? You know, am I still going to live through this? <laughs> and then, and then again, God says, God the Father says, "This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased." Then He adds something else: "Hear Him." Now, I would feel incredibly significant at that point in time. Now, the po- the point I'm just trying to make is this: God knows how we are. He knows. He knows our weaknesses but he also wants to make us feel significant you see significant and, and significance and um, what's the word humility um, go together they're not they're not exclusive of one another. They, they actually mesh. Significance and humility. There's nothing like knowing a dose of humility to keep you on your knees, but equally, there's nothing like a dose of significance to help you on your journey. So I, I'm, I'm just going to wrap up. I've got, I think, one more slide if I can find it. There we go, yeah. These are just some of the things that we are now in Christ. This is a summary, okay? I got this from a book. You can get it from, you know, a number of places. I got this from a book. Because I thought this just encapsulates it so well. I am now in Christ brought out of slavery. There's a scripture there. I I really haven't got time to go through them. So, um, you know, if you want to make a note and just read them and meditate on them, that's fine. I'm dead to sin and alive to God. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a recipient of eternal life. 
I'm free from condemnation. And sometimes, you know, I'll just pause at this point. Sometimes, when Satan comes along and, and accuses us, just say, I'm not, I, that is not me. I don't receive that because I'm not under your condemnation. And throw it off. Just throw it off. And just, just I mean, that, that scripture is a great one to memorize because you can use it as, your, as a weapon. You can use it as your sword that says, and, and I can say that because God has said, that's the sword. I'm a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. I'm inseparable from the love of God. I'm triumphing in Christ. Triumphal procession. He loves to show us off in the heavenlies with a, by demonstrating us as tri, in our triumphal procession. I, I sometimes, I'd love to, we will one day, I'd love to just eavesdrop occasionally on what the conversations in heaven. Look at that, look at that, you know, look at what he's doing, look at what she's doing now. Triumphal procession. I am now one with Jesus and the Father. And I'm reconciled and a re- reconciler. And finally, because there's no more sl- space on the slide, I'm a fruit bearer. You could carry on with these all day. I'm a fruit bearer. I bear fruit. I want to bear good fruit. I want a hundredfold return on my fruit. <laughs> There's some more you could add. I'm the head and not the tail. I wag the dog. The dog don't wag me. <laughs> Except in our household. <laughs> no, it's all right. I'm talking about our dog, it's all right. She just lets you know when she wants something. John, do you want to just come back up? Because we need to wrap up. But, um, it's really important we know who we are in Christ and released in what we do.